Welcome to Young African Talks, the podcast where we take our conversations across borders. On this episode, we're joined by Henrietta from Nigeria. She gives us her experience and take on what is happening across her community in Lagos in Nigeria as they find out about the coronavirus pandemic and respond to the new regulations and new way of life. This episode was recorded a while ago during the beginning stages of the lockdown. And given the fact that life has happened, it is probable that the situation in Nigeria has now shifted. And there's a lot of different aspects that have come into play given COVID-19 and the pandemic. Still, Henrietta's voice and story is one that is quite relevant to our lived experience today and to the lives of young Africans. Please enjoy this episode and forgive us for the delay. Hi, Henrietta. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for so much for, for deciding to be a guest on the podcast. Um, please just introduce yourself to the people and tell us who you are, where you are, and you know how you're coping in you know in these times. Thank you, Lynette, for having me on today's podcast. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Henrietta Ikiede, and I am Nigerian, and I live in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, it's been um, day six. Today is day six of the lockdown in Lagos. So in Nigeria, basically, there's been only three cities that have a national mandate or a presidential mandate for a lockdown, which is Lagos, Abuja, which is the capital of Nigeria, and Ogun State, one of the other, one of the neighboring states to Lagos. And it's been, um, I think it's been really difficult to cope with the whole lockdown situation, because, and this is like, I think this is the, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, this is like the first time we're actually having like a, sh- a lockdown like this because even during the time of the Ebola virus, it wasn't this. I mean, it it wasn't this widespread. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole COVID COVID nineteen situation. So we didn't really have um, the whole lock um, lockdown situation. It didn't it didn't come to that. Um, yeah. So now it's a bit difficult for this is an entirely new thing that we have to cope with as because Lagos is a commercial city. Everyone is always on the run. So to now say people to people should stay at home, it's been very difficult, especially the working at home part. Because also, because we're not used to that, companies are not used to, in fact, many companies have to just set up business continuity plans and just to bring in that whole work from home effect. And it's been really difficult because this is the first time a lot of companies are doing that. The companies yeah. that work, we are also working, we are also doing the whole remote working thing. Yeah. And it's been it's been also quite um, I think difficult is just the word because everyone is working from eight to five on the same internet. There's a whole lot of traffic. It slows down a whole lot of things. And then I mean, when when your internet is slow, the tendency for your productivity to re- to reduce is very high. So yeah. Um, so all of these things are just what makes the whole lockdown um, difficult. Otherwise, um. And I mean, for, for like five days, I was indoor and I didn't know what outside looked like. So I, I think it was on the third day that I said, oh, I started um, coming out at night to go for a run. So that's the only time yeah. when I'm during the day. I have absolutely no idea what it looks like outside. And for me personally, I'm an extrovert. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm an extrovert and I'm yeah. an outgoing person. I love going out. I got to go into places, visiting people, friends and all of that. So... The fact that 
I am mandated to. It's easier, or it's easier to cope if you, by choice, you chose to stay at home. Not when you're mandated yeah. to stay at home. Yeah. So for me, it's been really difficult. If I could, I have to stay at home 24 hours. I mean, with my folks, my I live with my parents. So you you should you, you should have an idea. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so. Oh man, yeah. yeah, yeah. So then, it's like basically that's. Is... Yeah, go on, go on. I think that's that's basically the situation in ground. But of course, essential yeah. workers are allowed to travel from wherever they are to anywhere they want to go. So you just have to show a valid ID, and then generally, uh-huh. um, I think yes, yesterday I was even able to go to the market, and I was shocked that. The market was very full because we are supposed mm. to be social distancing, right? But like, yeah. it wasn't the case in the market. People were still. I mean, I get the part that marketplaces are. I mean, food stuff. People need to stock up and all of that. But I also feel personally that it's also a way for this virus to also spread. I mean, the way the way people were all, with the way people were jammed together in the place, there was no people didn't. Uh, we're observing the whole social distance thing, so yeah. I mean, what can we say? The average person has to continue their trade for their family to eat, so we cannot. I don't think the government has control over that part of the when they So does does Nigeria have mobile money? Because I feel like also mobile money is only an East African thing. Is is mobile money popular in? Nigeria? No, no, we don't have the mobile money, so we just use um, the ATMs and yeah, that's about just it. Cash. So you're like mobile cash. money, oh. yeah. Yeah. There's also mobile. There's also mobile money in Ghana, but it's not a thing in Nigeria. Yeah, it hasn't caught on yet. Cause yeah. so it's like a full-on lockdown, or is it like a curfew, or is it like um? Everybody stayed home except for essential services. So what is like what is the the, the limits or the, the, the okay. parameter? Okay, so the way Nigeria is structured, so mm-hmm. in Nigeria, um, we have thirty six states. Um what in South Africa, what are referred to as provinces are what we call states. Yeah. So uh-huh. we have thirty six states, <clears throat> excuse me, of which Lagos is one of them. So yeah. the presidential, the presidential mandate was, or the presidential instruction was that Lagos, Abuja, and Ogun State should be on a 14-day lockdown. So mm-hmm. it's like a total curfew. People should be off the streets. There should be no reason why I stock up your homes. You should be seen on your roads. Because even the military personnel were deployed to be on roads, and there were mm-hmm. even videos that surfaced online where. Um, people where military personnel were like um, where they were um, like beating up people and like, random people who were seen yeah. in the streets of, La- of Lagos, yeah, so all of that. But then, what the state government now did because I mean, every state wants to protect their citizens, so yeah. despite the fact that majority of the cases we've had in Nigeria are in Lagos, Abuja, and then Ogun State, right? There are also other states that have at least maybe one cases, two cases. So what states are doing now, uh, states are equally extending the shutdown, say, oh, everyone stay at home. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's a lockdown 
for most states for most states in Nigeria. So borders have been shut. You can travel out. You can travel in. So states are taking these measures just to curtail, just to curb. So for for instance, yeah. a state with one a state with one um, case would say, oh, borders borders are closed. There's a full lockdown so that it doesn't expand or the numbers don't increase. So this is what states have been doing to help the situation. But generally, uh, yeah, generally, it was just Lagos and um, Lagos, Abuja, and Ugu. So just three out of that six states that were um, from top authorities were um, directed or mandated to to go on a 14-day lockdown. And as I said earlier, today is day six of lockdown. So, wow, yeah. So, I, so you mentioned the open market and social distancing, and you know, and of course, the reality is that Nigeria is 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 a high population density country, right? So there's mm -hmm. certain, yeah. even though they sound great, they might be practically difficult, right? So, are you, what? How are the people adapting? What are you seeing on the ground? about um like say for example even if there's the social distancing like but is there like use of like hand sanitizers um or at least the awareness of like you know washing your hands don't touch your face what are you observing around you and in your community and even like in the media uh, in the nigerian media like like what are you seeing okay, okay. So I think generally the whole social distance part is the part where we as Lagosians, or by extension, we as Nigerians, find the most difficult. Because to be mm -hmm. honest, a city like Lagos is a very close-knit city. Close -knit cities. So yeah. people live in public people live in public homes where you can't even social distance from your neighbor. It's not possible. You, 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 it's not possible for you to do that. But I think um, measures, like things like use of hand sanitizers, um, washing of hands have been greatly, greatly emphasized by the media houses and even banks. So I yeah. went to the bank last week, and so banks are what banks are doing are so if if they are like two of the branches within the same vicinity, so to mm -hmm. clamp down on crowd, they would close one branch and then open the other branch. So what they now do instead of having people come into the banks all together, so you just wait wait outside and then they give you numbers. Yeah. So you go in in tents to reduce the crowd. And then before yeah. you go in, there's like a, a bowl of water and soap. You have to wash your hand or sanitize it. And then afterwards, so these are all the new or novel measures that places like public places like the banks are introducing to help fight this. And it's been working because washing hands, because we do a lot of... Lagos is a very... Uh, it's very dense, and Nigeria is not particularly. Nigeria is very hot, so the mm -hmm. hot washing of hands is not something that we used to do more often. But now everyone, I think, for everyone you see or for everyone you meet, people have hands and carry hands and sanitizers everywhere they go. And uh -huh. It's just that it's just that consciousness of just um, building that consciousness of of using hand sanitizers as at when do you, if you cannot wash your hand. So the media has been, they have been living campaigns, social media campaigns, it's working. But then, off the, so, off the social media space, down to the average person on the streets, right? Mm -hmm, of course, mm -hmm. we know there are, there, are places, there are places in Nigeria that do not have 
the privileges to do all of these things. Like there are yeah. no pipe on water, there are no water, or mm -hmm. even if there are soap is soap is kind of a luxury, or even hand sanitizers are very luxurious items that certain people cannot afford. So we've yeah. seen places, we've seen situations where celebrities are taking up um, the responsibility to um, distribute hand sanitizers and or even washing hand um, hand washing materials like soap and just the little they can. And it's it's very interesting to know that certain celebrities have the people at heart and they can actually do all of these things to help people mm. to help people help themselves so yeah. i think that's that's it's been fair i i, I don't think we're doing really great because we we to be honest some people in nigeria don't believe don't actually believe that coronavirus is a thing so they feel it's a facade or it's they feel yeah, they feel it's. Um, oh. They think they still think it's a farce. They don't think it's a real thing. So uh -huh. I mean, that's that's the sad part. So when you have such people like that, then it's difficult for them to do, to take pre um, precautionary measures. Yeah. So and act in the interest of the community and the people around them. Yeah, and also another another for another very good. Um, response to the whole COVID-19 situation in Lagos, particularly, is the, mm. the, the inclusion, the inclusion of religious organizations. I mean, yeah. Nigeria is like Nigeria is a overtly religious, um, religious country. They take, yeah. they take, they take, they take religion very, very seriously. So the fact that people, I mean, for for the first one week, or because Lagos State went on a lockdown before. The president announced officially announced that oh Lagos should go on a compulsory 14 day lockdown. So Lagos yeah. was on a lockdown for like three days prior to when the president said okay Lagos should go on a lockdown. So for those periods of time, the Lagos the government they were still advising we advise people to stay at home, we advise people to work from home, we allow people we we can we're clamping down on, on activities that have over 20 people. But then religious organization, we found at, at, at some point or at that time, at the time, they were still having church services, midweek services and all of that. But then with the whole um, national lockdown thing, it's interesting to know that they have also, um, they have also, um, they have seen that COVID virus, COVID, uh, coronavirus is a thing that they should they should champion the fight against these numbers. So church activities have been have been stopped temporarily. Even even in this Easter period, where you would expect that oh everyone is everyone is in this mood or what or whatnot, you yeah. find that people are staying at homes. Today is Sunday. I mean, no one went to church. People are people are taking services online. So you see all of these things that usually we wouldn't. Give, we wouldn't pay attention to like online services now people people would piece up other times people would say oh i feel more connected to god or to worship when i'm there in church right mm -hmm. so people did not used to people weren't buying or subscribed to the whole online thing online church thing but now we've been forced to do that so people now realize that you can connect to god anywhere it doesn't have yeah. to be in a particular place you get right so that's also so the fact that religious organizations are they're taking measures they're also preaching this that oh you have to wash your hands and all of the same because there are people who respect their religions more than they respect the government yeah so those are the people who still went to churches despite the government saying oh people should stay at home work from home 
But when religious organizations lend their voice to this cause, you find that people are even more compliant now, which is a good people are more compliant now. Yeah. You know, Odro said the same thing about Kenya, like spreading awareness or getting like religious leaders involved because they have so much voice, like their voices are held in high regard in so many of our um, communities. So, exactly. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's you, we have to do what we can. I mean, have you seen, and this is something that I've seen across social media that, that I saw for myself as well in real life, panic buying. Did you see panic buying? Did it happen in some places in Lagos and in Abuja and in, in the other state? Or, you know, like, or did it, did it become something different in your communities? What, what were your observations? Um, I think it did. People panic bought things. But mm -hmm. I would say it wasn't it wasn't as intense as it were in other parts of the world. I know places like Europe. I mean, I saw videos on social media and how um, grocery stores were literally sold out of a lot of yeah. things. But, yeah. Um, I mean, you can only panic buy when you have money, right? Not yes, a lot of exactly, people can afford. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so not a lot of people can afford to actually buy to buy um the things that would last them for the entire 14 days especially when you're not going to work and so some companies actually haven't paid their staffs so you understand that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. when you have money so people who could afford it i think bought and as you expect the prices of things skyrocketed so fast so so fast oh, it was no. almost like like and it, that's one thing that surprises me i mean the government so i bought something for maybe 500 naira today tomorrow uh -huh. the government announces a lockdown <clears throat> tomorrow the government announces a lockdown all of a sudden what i bought for 500 naira i'm buying it for 800 naira and it's not like you restocked overnight nothing it's still like your old previous stock but then you're hiding yeah. the prices which makes no uh, no no um sense to me so yeah. think, um retailers and wholesalers they took advantage of the whole situation because they knew that people actually need to stock up which is unfair yeah. on which is unfair on their part so i think people bought but it wasn't as intense people panic bought but it wasn't as it wasn't as intense as what we saw in europe and the rest of the world where um where um lockdown is being observed yeah good south africa there was quite a few panic buying but i'm very aware of the fact that i live in like you know Joburg, and there's an element of privilege privilege here so people are panic buying where i am but um i mean like in townships people live like day to day hand to mouth yeah so like panic buying might not even be that practical for them but yeah you know it's yeah. like it's so interesting what the pandemic is 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 bringing about for us i mean the other thing we were talking about it's like and we touched on it with you um earlier is the use of um, law enforcement and military to kind of um, make sure people are complying to the lockdown, right? And we've seen like tragic, tragic stories of, you know, like, you know, police officers abusing power. And, you know, mm, I've heard yeah. both in Kenya and in South Africa, but I've also seen like positive stuff, you know, like where um, I saw some military personnel in South Africa it was like a Facebook video and they were making people do push ups. Which, you know, like, it made me feel, oh, my goodness, not all of them mm -hmm. are bad. Mm -hmm. But, like, um, what's going on in Nigeria? I mean, what are the goods and the bads, you know, in terms of law enforcement, you know, helping with the lockdown and stuff? 
Okay, so you, you see, the thing with Nigeria and their law enforcement agents is prior to now, we've, we've, we've always had this issue of abuse of power, especially mm -hmm. between military and civilians, right? So it's a thing where military men or military personnel, they, they, they literally... Excuse me. They literally put um, people or civilians through inhumane processes, especially when you, in quotes, get on their nerves. So it's uh -huh. the same thing. And I think sometime last week a death was even recorded. And the thing with the military, military, they they mostly understand what they understand is force, right? Sometimes, uh -huh. I mean, even if the the country is in lockdown, the government has said, oh, essential workers should be on the street, pharmacies, drugstores can be open, and all of that. You don't yeah. know who, if you don't know if, from the videos I saw, so this this one man who was killed by the military, apparently he was going to um, purchase drugs for, he was going to purchase drugs for his pregnant um, fiance, And then no. he, he got accosted by the military and one thing led to another and they shot him, extrajudicial killing. He was, he, he was killed and he died. So all of these things, because... The military, they, one, one, what they understand is force. Like the government has said, oh, go out and prevent people from being on the streets. So I think that uh, it speaks to the fact that a lot of these military personnel still need a reorientation, especially when dealing with civilians, right? Especially when yeah. dealing with civilians. So it's, it's, it's a different case. There are, there are many reasons why someone, despite the government saying stay at home, why someone... I mean, I feel like people love their lives, right? People want to be stay alive. So if you see a thousand people that should be on the streets, there's only one person on the road. I feel like people should be given the opportunity to, say, to explain themselves, like, where are you going? Why are you going? All of these things are not, are not necessarily assumed that, oh, because there's someone on the road, then, oh, that person is defying government, government orders, or the person is trying to rebel against the government and all of that. So there's been tragic cases where we've seen soldiers flogging people publicly and doing all sorts of things, yeah. putting them through very inhumane um, um, punishments. And it doesn't make no sense to me. I've even heard of cases where policemen arrested certain people on the road. I mean, we are saying social distance, and then you go ahead to arrest people and put them in a cell. How how does that even make sense if we're trying to fight this by social distancing? So, mm. I, yeah. Are there any good stories? <laughs> there, have you heard anything, or have you seen anything positive? <laughs> um, I've seen. I mean, it's just. I think on one on one note, on on maybe on a general note. Yeah. Negotiations have been they've been compliant to a great extent. I uh -huh. must commend them though. They've been compliant to a great extent. Because even someone like me, some someone mm -hmm. like me, and I know a few other people who even on days where the government say a coffee, we would still be like, mm, let me just the government can be that serious, let me just go out. And I think it's just that yeah, or that anxiousness, that anxiety that we've that we've seen from other countries where Countries like Italy, where they're recording over 600 deaths in a day. So, mm. insofar as coronavirus is not like a death sentence, but the 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 way the 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 ability it has to spread is something that has put fear in a lot of people like me, especially because 
there are people everywhere and you get this thing by touching and all of that. So that fear has made people compliant towards um, this whole lockdown, stay at home thing, which is a great thing. Because Lagosians can be very, a lot of people can be very rebellious and say, oh, the government, maybe it's, this is not even that serious. I mean, yeah. so I think that's, that's, that's one positive thing. But aside the, the um, outliers we see with um, people not maybe the crowd in the markets and all of that, generally I feel like Lagosians are trying. Because yesterday I was on the road and I have never, you know, if you know Lagos, you know Lagos has a very huge traffic situation. Yeah. The roads were empty. The roads were empty. Literally, they were empty. So, and then there were police checkpoints at almost strategic positions. So, this is good. So, I think it's, we're making progress. And also the fact that we've had recoveries from coronavirus. I think we've had over um, more than... You know, a little above 10 recoveries, a little above 10 recoveries. So that's also a good thing, a good development. So then I know um, your cases are not as many, and I'm hoping the lockdown will really just cut those cases. I think you guys were about 200 cases um, the last yeah, I heard. Yeah. So that's really yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, the thing that has kind of been really good for me to see and um, has kind of given me something to, um, you know, like in the midst of a tragedy, there's always a silver lining, I like to believe. And I've seen that the leadership in South Africa and in Kenya, like the presidents were really quick to like clamp down and say that there's a lockdown, you know, we are shutting things down and we don't want to spread the virus. And even given the fact that we know our healthcare systems are fragile and not very um, um, well-developed, and if they were to be overwhelmed, we would see like chaos, right? So for me, I felt like the leadership was really quick to act for Kenyans, Zimbabwe specifically, my <laughs> Kenya, South Africa, even Zimbabwe, Marco said that she thought that they acted quite quick as well. They were really quick to act to kind of prevent the spread from getting too quick. What What do you think about the leadership in Nigeria? What have you seen and what, what is your opinion around the reaction, the information that they're giving you, the seriousness that they're dealing with the situation? Okay. Um, I, think, I think that the leadership of the nation generally didn't act didn't they, didn't, they weren't um, in this case visionary to see how this thing had affected every part of the world and the fact that Nigeria is a third world and we do not have the capacity if this thing blows out. So yeah. they didn't act um, as quick as they should because while other countries were, when this thing came to, when we started recording cases in Africa, because remember there was this myth that, oh, Black people, black people cannot have coronavirus. The, we are immune to coronavirus and all of that, but which was a myth. So when we saw that, when they saw that this thing had gotten to Africa, because Nigeria is one country where, or Lagos in particular is one country where um, they have a lot of there are a lot of people coming in and going out, right? Yeah. That's busy. Mm-hmm. So they should have they should have closed the borders. They should have shut down flights, international flights, as 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 early as possible, and not when they did it. So yeah. um, when 
so they only did it after we had recorded cases in Lagos. So yeah. they were not proactive in that in that in that light. They were not proactive at all because okay. Lagos because the way this coronavirus thing is, is <clears throat> excuse me, because of the density of Lagos, we knew that if we if we ever had just one case, it would spread like wildfire because it's a very very close knit city. So when, yeah. on social media, people were already clamoring that the government should shut down inter international flights and close the borders land all our borders in fact but the government mm. didn't didn't um, didn't um see necessary necessary until after people had talked and then we have recorded cases but in fact a lot of cases i think over five cases of cases i'm not sure of the number but that was when they now closed the borders then there were enough people who the people had had contact um covid 19 positive patients had had contact with a lot of people it was difficult to trace and we were not ready there were no um, built isolation centers. There were there were no funds. The government was saying there was no money. There were no healthcare workers. Doctors were on strike. So all of these things were the things that I felt that the government would have taken into consideration to act earlier as um, earlier than they did. Because mm -hmm. right now there's even a case where some states in Nigeria still do not have isolation centers. Why other other states are using? Um, dilapidated buildings or abandoned buildings as isolation centers, which is not healthy, right? So if you're yeah. isolated in that kind of place, you you would probably die from whatever creeps or death could creep out of such places than yeah. the virus would kill you. So all of these things, even in Lagos, Lagos, even in the um, there was only there were only five testing centers in the entire Nigeria or five centers who had the capacity to test for COVID-19 with a country of over 200 million. So the government, were, we were not ready as at when we had this virus. Even now, it's just now that people are, we've had received donations from organizations, banks, billionaires, people who are donating to the cost to fight the cost. And I've almost seen um, donations from people like Jack Ma, so all of that. So which is why a lot of Nigeria, myself, we felt we we um, a lot of us were lashing the government that they should have closed these borders because this thing was spreading and it was it was almost like these guys were undermining that the government was undermining the the effectiveness of coronavirus. So yeah, that was just our grievance to the government. I agree with you because this is something that I said also in my personal capacity. I felt that the minute the coronavirus started spreading and even like weeks before we had cases recorded in South Africa, I felt that the flight should have been canceled. We still had people being, you know, like flights from Italy coming in. The first case that came into the, into South Africa was an imported case. And for me, I felt that and I still feel to this day that it would have been much more beneficial if travel bans were instituted before cases even set foot in the country. Exactly, as opposed to, exactly. You know, when, and when we saw that the rest of the world was doing that, I mean, when they saw that this this like this is like a ravaging situation, right? Yeah. Travel bans or travel restrictions should have been effected. You, you understand? It should have been effected way way, especially for. I mean, it's it's worse off in the third world countries where you literally have no, I mean, health allocations are on the low side. You don't have the hospitals are not well equipped and all of that. So when you know you don't have the capacity to fight this, the best thing you could do is what take precautionary measures, which was the whole, whole travel ban thing. But I don't know, the governments were. I don't know. They were I very think, slow in action. Yeah, I think. I, 
it's 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 interesting and i guess you know i mean we don't know the situation because it's the we can't know what was best in the situation we can only know like with hindsight right but for me it only makes sense for travel ban to be instituted like prevention is better than cure but anyway we are here and we're dealing right and we'll see what happens Ah, it's interesting times living in i i (laughs) i i personally can't believe that we're talking about living through a pandemic but you know it's it's real it's it sounds yeah. like from the movies. I went out today to go buy groceries because I have been shopping online. I've been ordering groceries online. I've been in my house, in my four walls and my roof for like oh close to two weeks actually. Yeah, about two weeks. Wow. And, and I was going crazy, especially this last week. So today I said I'm going to leave the house. I'm going to go get groceries. I'm going to kind of like try and get some normalcy so that it doesn't feel like everything is just like ridiculous and then we w- i went to like supermarket checkers and they were limiting how many of us would go in like you mentioned like we, they were, yeah. they were waiting like i waited like 20 minutes and then a group of us went in and then more people were waiting um and they put like these tapes on the floor like one meters between for the till and for social distancing so even at the queues there was like one meter between us um like the workers had like these protective gear like the masks with the plastic thing over their faces um i had gloves on a lot of people had gloves and masks on and it's like it felt like a scene from a movie i couldn't believe (laughs) this was real life you know what i mean like i know right before going into the supermarket and i'm thinking like it's interesting how you know like how the world has evolved like things that we thought were fiction are now real (laughs) and it's like uh, yeah i don't know it's it's crazy but we'll get this to shall pass yeah i think one thing that this pandemic has taught nigerians especially when it comes to corporate affairs or the corporate um world yes right now we realize that a lot of the physical meetings we'd have could have just been emails a lot of physical meetings we'd have could have been held over zoom or skype or microsoft teams so a lot of these physical meetings that we used to emphasize and all of that could have been made easier if we just did it over our laptops or our phone in the convenience of wherever we are. So companies are being innovative with ways of making, actually making things work. Because you cannot shut down. As, and, and Nigeria is not technologically there. We're not, of course, we're not very third world. We're not technologically there. So the fact that companies are being more innovative, bringing up ways to ensure that um, even while people are in their homes, that they still have businesses running and things are still coming in, there are a lot of yeah. virtual trainings, a lot of virtual... So it's just that... And this, this, I think this would also help. After this pandemic, a lot of companies would realize that they have would when they're doing their um, evaluation, they would realize how how the fact that they could cope with this means they could cope with anything. Mm-hmm. They could cope mm-hmm. means they can actually cope or they can adjust to fit whatever situation it is, right? And with the swiftness, the innovativeness, and all of that, 
So I think it's something that um, after this whole thing, companies would um, give themselves a pat in the back and say, oh, yeah, even though we, we, we kept the business running and we're still making money, even though we weren't physically all in one place and all of that. So mm. people are being more creative. We're seeing a lot of social media challenge and all of that. People are using their time, taking free courses online and all of that. I think, yeah. Mm. Like... I, I have a question around, like, um, so, so as young people, right, we're technologically savvy. Like, my phone, I do so many things with my phone, things that possibly my mom could never even, like, consider, right? But how has the adjustment been for, like, people who are not as privileged to have had access to technology um, over, you know, a lot for a long period of time? Like, um, and of course, you don't have to speak for everyone, but, like, have you had any observations, say, for example, your parents, you know, like, how has this adjustment been for, like, for them? Because my mom, she she is a lecturer, and she's had to lecture over Zoom. Now, she's the sort of person where it's, like, if she has to do it, she, she'll, she'll, like, try and manage, and she'll learn. But she'd rather not do it, you know, like, she'd rather not have to lecture over Zoom. Like, so, so what has the reality been like? Because for us, I feel like we're on the cusp of being even more technological savvy and being more innovative and using this this change in the pandemic as a platform to learn even the new things that we can do with technology. But what about the people who don't have the same privilege as us? Like, have you seen anything that can speak to that point? Yes, I've seen people. I mean technology is a luxury definitely is a luxury yeah even for even for we young people right because this period while some of us are working from home there are still some other people who cannot work from home maybe because yeah. of the nature of their jobs yeah people who cannot work from from home and so even the nature of their jobs doesn't allow them even use technology so that's also another mm. barrier right yeah so there are, there, are, there are certain things that you can do online and I think one thing that has suffered, especially for young people, is, um, I mean, for countries like South Africa, or we, yeah, we are seeing um, classes going on online. Like, you just mentioned that your mom tried to lecture on Zoom and all of that. These are things that we don't have in Nigeria. So schools are shut down. Schools are shut down. Nobody's learning anything. Um, mm-hmm. Even the educational, even the higher institutions, no one is, nobody's teaching. No one is learning. So basically everyone is just sitting in their homes and yeah. doing whatever so i think in terms of that um in terms of that i would say that people who don't have the luxury of technology they're basically doing nothing just sitting in their homes maybe mm-hmm. eating or stuff and even for older people it's difficult for them to adapt for instance my parents were catholics and it was difficult um, i remember the first time they did a lockdown and then i had told my mom that placed restrictions on worship, yeah. mass, or the um, people who could attend mass. And I remember after the previous day, I had called her to say, oh, mommy, you can't attend mass. The government has said this, has said that. Even the Pope has said this, has said that. And then the next morning, my sister calls to say, oh, my mom actually um, went to church very early, that she wanted to be amongst the 20 people that the government said, oh, they can't be graduates over 20 people. And that she wanted to be among those 20 people. <laughs> Unfortunately, unfortunately for her, she wasn't she wasn't allowed in. She wasn't yeah. allowed in. 
And then we tried to make her um, attend mass on TV. And then she yeah. just cannot grasp that she's actually attending mass on TV or on the internet. So mm. some of them, they don't like, they don't know how to adjust to, so they are so used to the traditional method. And yeah. so it's, it's like, it's overwhelming. Let me just say it's overwhelming to them. Exactly. So my mom too. Yes. It's too many buttons. It's it's like, what? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But you know, these are the dynamics. I know that you are so right about that idea of like, technology being a privilege because i mean even in south africa there's the kids in the rural areas for university people would like travel to university and attend university but now this doctor when they go back home to their townships no internet no zoom exactly you know like data prices are expensive in south africa so even when schools like even when schools like uct are saying oh take your classes online. I mean, people who live in townships, they probably don't even have a personal computer. Even if they did, you know how much data would, how much data um, a one-hour class would consume. They can't yeah. afford that. Yeah, they can't yeah. They can't afford that, so... I mean, tragedies always unearth inequalities, like any other challenge, you know? Like, just our inequalities are put to bear. But... The thing that I, I've seen, and Marco mentioned Zimbabwe is also doing this. No, Odwo. Odwo said Kenya is doing this. There's a fund being set aside for small businesses, you know, because, so, I mean, that's the other, like, the economic implications of the shutdown and reduced economic activity. And small businesses are, unfortunately, the ones to suffer. So it's like, what, the future for me is so uncertain, even beyond the pandemic that comes and goes. That, that that comes and goes. Um, can you speak a little bit about like Nigeria? I know the thing I love about Nigerian people is that you are so entrepreneurially like minded. I feel like Nigerians can make a hustle out of anything. And like this is just another thing that they have to get get over. Mm-hmm. But like what what do you see happening for your people and your community? Yeah, I mean, you're correct if you say that Nigerians are entrepreneurship-based, inclined, rather. But um, small businesses, there's been no... um, We've not had a situation where they've set funds aside for small businesses. So basically, small businesses are suffering. Like people who... People who are just online businesses, basically, because this period, no one is ordering, except it's a necessity. No one is yeah, ordering yeah. anything because, yeah, people are most concerned about how to feed and how to feed their families. So no one is, maybe, mm-hmm. for those who sell bags, makeup, yeah. hair, nobody's yeah. buying all of those things. Now, I, I think, I feel like it's now that, now, this pand- one thing this pandemic is also teaching us is how to prioritize, right? So before yeah. this pandemic, we would, we would literally, um, even things that we didn't need, would buy, like, oh, you see a nice hair, mm, this hair would look nice, and then you go and buy it, even if you didn't need it at that time. But, but what you, pandemic you, you is pandemic you were about to go out and slay. Like, you needed it because, you know, like... <laughs> well, <laughs> you were, yeah, but you can't <laughs> say if you're not eating. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> so, you can slay, you can slay if you're, I mean, only who, one who is alive can slay. So, yeah. right now, people are just concerned about staying alive. So, now yeah. we realize that all of those hair, those nice shoes, nice clothes, all of that, 
don't really matter, right? Of course, yeah. everyone is at home now. Where you wear your nice clothes to, your nice shoes and all of that. No one is seeing you. Even if people saw you, people would be scared of coming close to you to even see that, right? <laughs> so we are now <laughs> we are now prioritizing that. Okay, the whole yeah. essence of our being, of our slaying, of our everything is being alive. And so that's what we're prioritizing yeah. now. How to feed ourselves and our families. So honestly, small businesses are suffering. And there's so far there's been all of the donations we've had are just to help the nation purchase um, um build isolation centers buy more yeah. testing kits all of that so there's been none these small businesses have not been taken into consideration at all which is bad because i one of the things i foresee is that after this pandemic a lot of unemployment rates will increase though a lot of people will lose their jobs actually especially people who couldn't work from home. Because if you are not political for the government, for the organization to then pay you. Because if you are not working from home, it means um, income from the, on their part will have reduced. So how do they get to pay you for, for a job you didn't do? So after this pandemic, I, a lot, I, I foresee that a lot of people will lose their jobs. The un- unemployment will be high. Companies will lay off some people and some non-essential people uh, which is bad because unemployment rates in, in Lagos or in Nigeria generally is already high. So it's it's very scary when you think, when I actually think about it. It's very scary. So for people like me who still who still has a job, for people like me who still can work from home, I I think many times I wake up and I'm just grateful. Sometimes even when I have experienced certain difficulties, maybe from the internet or all of that, and they, or maybe I'm overworking, I just sit back and then I'm I just I'm just grateful that I still um, can work from home um, because a lot of people, because of how their job is, cannot work from home. So. No, yeah, that's a, I completely, completely agree. I mean, there's a privilege in having job security right now, you know? And, you know, or even there's a privilege in being able to live in a house that's not overcrowded, that's in a safe area, mm. that you have access to, like, you can leave and come, you know? And I don't even want to go into the idea of, like, being the gender-based violence statistics that have kind of exploded in this lockdown mm. all across the world. You know what I mean? It's like, exactly. Yeah. Because you know? so, people are forced to... People, this period, people are forced to be with their abuse. Right? People are yeah. Because you cannot yeah. go anywhere. Nobody's accepting visitors. Nobody even... I mean, nobody wants you to visit them. So it's really tough. It's tough. And my, my heart goes out, goes out to people who live in toxic homes or are in toxic environments and cannot do anything because of this whole pandemic situation. So my heart really goes out to people like that. Yeah. Um, but then the funny, the, I love my people because, you know, it's like, the thing that I'm also picking up is like, we get through a lot of our tragedy and all of our difficult times with humor. Like I was seeing this <laughs> video from from like my uncle in kenya and it was like um like a parody video of how coronavirus wouldn't like get get um because my tribe is called the Meru tribe they were like we have a natural uh home remedy called mira which is like a a a a a plant that it's it's like a it's almost like a drug because it has like um it has components that make you high 
basically and they were like we've been eating this morale for like years so we have a natural based like home remedy and this coronavirus won't get us down so you know it's like it was a parody but it was hilarious and it it like just made my heart warm up do you have are there any funny stories from 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 your community about like um home remedies or like you know like as um inside jokes about how the coronavirus can't you know like what is <laughs> what are some of the funny absolutely, things absolutely absolutely you know i mentioned earlier that people have been more creative with, during this period and yeah. there's been i mean a lot of instagram comedians there's been a lot of parody a lot of jokes about the whole i mean basically just to make people laugh and it's 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 something to to warm the heart because right now there's too many information that could create anxiety in people mm-hmm. or to create fear so i mean a little bit of humor won't hurt and there's been a lot of that and one thing that's even making helping people cope with the whole boredom thing is all of these challenges like the don't rush challenge like yeah we got the whole world he has we got the whole world in his hands all of these challenges are like things that people are jumping on to like just to to help them out of that anxiety or out of that fear basically everything from every story to the other is all about coronavirus every all news stations coronavirus five minutes or 30 minutes break to just um maybe do something fun a music video something funny just anything that that is not coronavirus (laughs) yeah to just give us a break and like let us forget you know that's a good way to end on it because like i feel like the the thing about us it it might be a little bit controversial to say but the thing about black people i believe is that we have been forced to live with the bare minimum for a lot of our lives a long yeah for a long time we have been forced to like cope with tragedy and for a lot of our lives and this is just another thing that we will overcome you know um so I believe that we will. I honestly believe that we will. Especially, I'm very optimistic with the whole situation in Nigeria. Even though, for 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 now, I actually do believe that the cases we are having, we are recording each day, are like cases from people who the government have been tracing a while back. So, personally, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Um, have the figures or the fact, but I feel like because of this lockdown, the cases that we see are being recorded are from people who they have interest them, people who the government has been tracking or, yeah, tracking based on having contact with the previous patients and all of that. So I feel like, I mean, Nigeria was able to deal with Ebola virus. Ebola virus was, was like a death sentence. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now COVID-19 is not able to do that. In no time, we will defeat COVID-19. Amen to that, you know, like that's a, a, an incredibly positive note to end it on. And I want to thank you again for joining me. Like, um, we thank God technology is here. We're having a conversation literally thousands of kilometers. <laughs> but it's also like really good for me to hear, like the, to see and hear the situation in another part of the continent and to see that we're going through the same things, the same challenges, but we're also overcoming in our own ways and in our own like abilities as a communities and as a people and we're getting through this and this yeah. like you know like 
given all our challenges in our African continents and in our African context, we also have the ability. Yeah. So thank you so much. Um, right. I'm so hopeful the audio the audio will turn out great. And I'll and you know like this this has been so great. And thanks for joining. Thank you us for having me. Thank you for having me. And hopefully we'll do this again some other time. You know. With, yeah. <laughs> with my stories. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye.